0: Week 10 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week 11. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, which is America's top rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week 11, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet. From live betting to betting on your favorite players, they do it all. Don't worry, if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple their winnings for any bet placed on UFC 255. DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use their promo code DNVR when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to be 21 years or older, Colorado only, bonus comprised of a first-time deposit bonus, Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook slash for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yes, Zoom. I would like to record on this computer. What is today? Okay, Wednesday. That's Good Broncos Podcast getting tougher and tougher f- to figure out <laughs> what kind of Broncos info we should discuss every week. Uh, I'm Brandon Pernier here with Will Keys. Make sure if you like listening to these podcasts, you subscribe on iTunes or wherever. Uh, today's episode brought to you by DraftKings and our friends at DNBR. So when you sign up at DraftKings, America's top rated sportsbook app, Use code DNBR to take advantage of their offers. Uh, Okay, we're in the middle of the week, Will. Broncos uh, had their asses kicked by the Raiders. The shit-talking on the internet is getting out of control, but luckily the Raiders and Chiefs play, and their anger has shifted towards each other now. (laughs) So that is nice. Uh, But the Broncos have the Dolphins coming up, which... Before the season, we might have looked at this game going, okay, that's a a winnable game. But right now, the Dolphins feel like one of the last teams I really want the Broncos to be playing because their defense is carrying them, and the Broncos' offense is carrying nothing. Not even the football. Specifically, not the football.
1: They're not carrying the football where you want it to be, which is the end zone. And they have one player to worry about this week, and it's Andrew Van Genkel. Yep, we know we know what two is going to do. Two is going to be good. Uh, it's going to be really bad because Tua is going to make us feel shitty about our own quarterback situation. <laughs> yeah, just kind of how I feel watching every other young quarterback succeed right now. And that's not that's not hopping off a of, off a of Drew just yet. Um, because I think they're quarterbacks that get better as they develop. And, yep. uh, yes, he's been going kind of backwards this year. But uh, we can talk about that later. Tua, I expect Tua to play well. Uh, their defense is really good. We don't know who's going to play quarterback, though.
0: That's yeah, because important. Drew Locke's a little
1: banged up in the
0: mid mid area of his body.
1: In the ribs. Yeah, what did he? Ha- what does he have? A strain? He has a strained oblique, and then I think bruised ribs. Which, uh, speaking of ribs, have you watched any of the Chappelle Show on on Netflix or on HBO Max? They no, I haven't there.
0: started to. I'm planning on jumping back into the Chappelle Show, yeah. but not recently.
1: Yeah, I just watched the the sketch about ribs as a sleeping aid alternative. Uh (laughs) And that made me think of Drew Locke. I don't know, just a really weird connection. Um, But definitely get back into the Chappelle show. I think a weird kind of idea I had, I don't know if it's that weird having reflected on it for a little bit longer. I think Drew Locke missing the game would be a really, really good thing for him.
0: Explain. Because it feels
1: like he's kind of just like spiraling out of control at this point. Yeah. And you can have the low point, give him like a week off, get healthier, first of all, which you could tell he was, you know, really in pain against the Raiders, and they probably should have taken him out at that point. But I get that they wanted to come back and win. Uh I don't think Brett Ripon's gonna steal the job. He's not gonna like wow anybody. He could like you know, he could be exactly what they need and just not turn the ball over and, you know, throw a couple touchdown passes. Um, but I think it will give him a good opportunity to reset, avoid a defense that's really hot right now, and kind of try to pick things up on the, in, the, in the last six games, the back nine of his schedule.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I think the best case scenario for Drew Locke is they do give him the week to rest, and then Brett Ripon plays like shit, so Drew Locke doesn't feel <laughs> bad about playing like shit. And he can be like, okay. We can well, shift okay. the
1: blame to Pat Shermer.
0: Exactly. Take the Which heat Which is off where both of off.
1: us want it. So, yeah,
0: I, I it just feels like yeah, Pat doesn't have the right quarterback to work with for what he wants to do, and he's not smart enough to change what he's doing to match his quarterback.
1: How many of those quarterbacks exist out there?
0: I don't know. Joe Flacco. What Joe what wants.
1: when we saw Joe Flacco
0: playing well uh against the Patriots, And it was because, like, he was connecting on almost all of his deep balls except the most important one that he threw a pick late. Like, it feels like that's the type of offense Shermer wants to run. Um,
1: Right. But – He calls games, like, a lot of people – I don't know. It's like playing – using Texas Tech on, like, NCAA football 14. (laughs) It's just four verts after four verts.
0: He's just like an eight-year-old playing Madden.
1: Like – He just turns to
0: a a page in his playbook and just selects one randomly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Another thought that I think I saw someone tweet on Sunday. When was the last time someone pitched a football to a running back? Oh, for the
0: Broncos? yeah. Or just, like,
1: had some kind of interesting wrinkle in the run game, like a counter or, like, a draw out of, you know, coming out of uh, behind center. rather than the shotgun an RPO that's what Drew Locke was so good at last year and we haven't I feel like we haven't seen one all year maybe I'm dumb and haven't noticed it or I don't even know what an RPO really looks like right but you know I don't want to go back and and cry over spilt milk with the whole Scangarello thing but has he not like watched tape of what Drew Locke was good at last year and tried to incorporate into the offense I'm gonna say this right
0: now. He's an idiot. Frustrating. I hate him.
1: Yeah, he's got a him dumb face. On
0: a personal level, on a professional level. There's nothing redeeming about him. And I don't know why Elway hired him. I'll uh, say this. If all of that can be true, then fixing Drew Locke, there's an easy solution. <laughs> and yeah, here's here's the other thing, right? Like Drew Locke's one of his bad tendencies is rolling right and then throwing to the right. So you would think (laughs) running out of
1: sideline.
0: Yeah. And then when his, uh, his receivers are getting open, he's like, he doesn't see them on time. Right. So like there's that clip, I think Ryan green posted of Jerry Judy this week, just, just putting a move on – I forget which Raiders corner is covering him, but puts a move on him, is wide open, running horizontally to the sideline, and by the time he gets to the sideline, the ball is behind Judy and in the dirt. So it's like (laughs) Locke's not recognizing when those plays are going to break quickly, and he's not getting – like that ball needs to be arriving before Judy gets to the sideline, and it's there after – so, one of the thoughts, like if you're going to take advantage of something that I think Drew Locke does well, that would be play action. And yeah, get him get, to the,
1: roll naturally to the right and get the roll routes. Roll
0: naturally to the right or working set to up, that side. Yeah, set up the run, play action to the right, and then have Drew Locke roll out left. After the defense starts to cheat going right and, Mm -hmm. you know, take advantage of a a receiver coming across the other way that they don't really see. But, uh, you know, I have about 40 minutes of free time a day to think about this stuff. uh, And it's not my (laughs) job. So God, I don't know how I could come up with an idea like that. And we don't see Jack shit from Pat Shermer's play calling to do any, like even just, In a close game last week, the Broncos just – it felt like they abandoned the run completely. And uh, I don't know. I get, like, it wasn't looking like it was going to be super effective. But – and the other – the thing I hate the most is every Wednesday we're talking about the same bullshit. I feel like if somebody's listening to this podcast, like, is this the same episode? Uh, (laughs) Like, I'm just running out of new ways to, like, new things to talk about. So, we'll – Talk about the Dolphins more, I guess, but uh, I'm still just airing my grievances. And it's it's frustrating because, like, we're, we're not seeing them get better. And you look at the Dolphins right now, that's a team whose special teams are playing good, all of it, including so, yeah. their kicker, who I think is still perfect on the season. Their yeah, defense Jason is playing Sanders.
1: Well. What's that? Jason Sanders. Yeah, Jason there- Sanders. Uh,
0: I think he stole – didn't he steal the Special Teams Player of the Month award from Brandon McManus?
1: Probably. I mean, at this point, he might deserve it. Um, I think if uh, McManus has an, another 58-yarder under his belt, then he might have edged him out. But he didn't get that opportunity, so good for Jason.
0: Good for Jason.
1: Yeah, and then – Jason Sanders, <clears> though.
0: <throat> I really think two is going to look uh, a lot like – Derek Carr this weekend, um, not stylistically, of course, um, but he's going to be safe with the football. He's not going to like light up the Broncos' defense with a, a ton of passing yards, and it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna feel just like a another bad game because the Dolphins are just play so efficiently against the Broncos. Um,
1: I don't think. Are you worried? Go ahead. I was going to say,
0: I don't think the, the Dolphins uh, notch four rushing touchdowns this weekend, but uh, it's going to be not. similar, I feel like.
1: Are you worried about Jerry Judy watching his old college quarterback to uh, play for the Dolphins and kind of just, you know, switching teams at halftime? Ooh, that could, that could happen. <laughs> Eddie Kennison style. <laughs> uh, that would be bad. I do. I, it's, he's already frustrated.
0: I do worry about Jerry Judy looking like maybe one of the best rookie wide receivers and just being completely underutilized oh, because God. of bad I was quarterback just play.
1: Thinking about like, yeah, Chase Claypool's pretty good, but if you gave <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger Jerry Judy, he'd be over a thousand yards by now. And Jerry Judy on this team, is, like he's. If he averages 60-something yards, the rest of the season he'll go over 1,000 yards. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy given what he's had to work with and, and work through. And that just, like, shows you how good he is and how good he's going to get. But fuck, is it frustrating not to see him uh, get put in a better situation and, and get the ball more? Honestly, like, whenever we talk about Drew, or Drew Locke missing the open guy, it feels like it's almost always Judy. How how well were they moving the ball against the Falcons when he was figuring out the best play was to look just to jury, Jerry Yeah, every single time. It's uh, it's oh. the
0: it's the great mystery. We'll never truly know the answer to that. Um, it feels like Shermer's just got to have basically a variation of eight to ten passing plays only. And that's all Drew Locke needs to know. And just see if he can master that. Yeah. Like get some sort of sample size of plays for him to master. And <laughs> that way he doesn't have too much to think about. And once he's shown he can master, it feels just like, like the way you would learn anything. Here's the the foundation. Get that. And then we'll add building blocks to it. And it feels like, and this could be completely wrong. We're just guessing. But it feels like, fucking calculus has been thrown in front of drew Locke, and he's expected to know like all of it, like some goodwill hunting shit. And, uh, he's been Affleck and it's breaking
1: his brain and it caused him to throw the ball directly into, uh, Carl Nassib's chest the other day. Yeah. Yeah. You want him in an offense where it's just like quick, easy timing passes, a few deep shots, not a ton, but a few. Uh, some back shoulder stuff and then something that just gives him the opportunity to get outside of the pocket and move off script a little bit. Yeah, it's like... It feels like, uh, I don't know, like... um, Why are we not... 49ers offense from back in the early 2010s? I mean, that requires a better offensive line, but something like that where they just give him some easy stuff to do.
0: Yeah, like we should be... I would be happy if it was second down and seven yards because Drew Locke completed a three-yard pass to KJ Hamler, right? <laughs> Instead, yeah, exactly. it's, the guys it's second are there. and the ten, and then they try to run it, and they lose two yards. So every third down is like third and plus ten.
1: So to be a success play. would just be yeah.
0: make those first down passes like fucking easy. As yes, and you don't that, have
1: to complain about running on second and long. Yeah, that's what it should. is. It's not a running on second and long problem. It's a being in second and long problem every, yeah. you know, every other drive. Yeah, that way
0: that. you're in say second and seven, and then you run it and you do only pick up two yards, you're at third and five instead of third and fourteen. So it's yeah. much more manageable, you know, for Drew Locke.
1: So, and, so what we're saying is Drew Locke was really bad last week. Um, but yeah. we're not I here's my thing is people always ask is this Drew Locke's last year? Which we don't know yet. There's still six games to work through. Uh a lot can happen. Who knows? They could fire Pat Schermer tomorrow. Uh it'd be weird if they did it tomorrow. After uh <laughs> after Sunday, they could fire him. Yeah. Um yeah. it's all about who's available because it's not just like a, a yes or no question on yes or no for Drew Locke. It's uh, if they 're in a position to draft someone that they think is clearly better, then yeah you probably do that uh, if it 's between drew Locke and just kind of like a retread veteran quarterback i 'd probably rather go drew Locke yeah, and, and put then- him in a different situation, but not repeat this and expect things to suddenly get better, although you never know because he 's probably going to have a full off season maybe maybe going to have a full off season uh heading into twenty twenty one and um Cataclysmic injuries uh, knocking on wood right now might get better.
0: Yeah, his injuries are starting to be an issue. Um, Like, if he has to miss some time, yeah, I meant like
1: the the team injuries. um, Oh, right, right. But yeah, hopefully, you know, he doesn't, uh, his shoulder doesn't turn into dust again.
0: Right. I'm going to continue this Drew Locke. Uh, conversation. And I want you to remind me of what I wanted to talk about after I finish telling you about DraftKings, America's top rated sports book app. Week 10 of football is in the books. It's time to review the tape, something Pat Shermer has never done. And get ready for week 11. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook. To add to the excitement of week 11, DraftKings is bringing back their can't miss offer. So if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign up bonus of up to $1,000 when using promo code DNBR during sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet. From live betting to betting on your favorite players, they do it all. And if football ain't for your brain, DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple their winnings for any bet placed on UFC 255. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code promo code DNVR when you sign up to get the $1,000 special offer. That's code DNVR to get a deposit bonus of up to. for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You have to be 21 years or older. So you could be 99. That's fine. And it's got to be Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first-time deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for detail. Gambling problems. (laughs) Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, what I was going to say, I remembered on my own. One guy I keep hearing mentioned as a possible replacement for Drew Lock is Sam Darnold, and here's what is really hard to stomach: uh, is Sam Darnold is playing just as bad as Drew Lock has this season. Also, has Maybe injury worse. issues like Drew Lock has had this season, um, and I if. I think Sam Darnold has a better chance of being a better quarterback in the NFL just on sheer like talent. Uh, on what, what I've watched of Sam Sam Darnold because sometimes he does like make a throw, you're like, holy shit. But Sam Darnold Yeah, but so does Drew Locke. And Sam Darnold, like if Pat Shermer's not right for Drew Locke, Adam Gase is not right for anybody. So that's the thing like you don't know about Sam Darnold is can he thrive in a different situation? So you have to, like, it's the same, it's the same question. I feel like it's the same risk if you replace Locke with Darnold. Um, yeah. So the, and then like, if you, the NFL is just fucked up. Okay. It is just a fucked up hard place to, to succeed at, at quarterback because Deshaun Watson is still playing pretty damn good football. Okay. He's, 18 touchdowns this season, five interceptions, 2,500 passing yards, and the Texans have. The, how many games have they won? Two. So, I think so they're like they have a worse record than the Broncos because their defense has been terrible. Uh, I don't know much about their special teams, but uh, they obviously don't have a lot of great weapons there. Um, so a lot has to go right to be. Good and trying to actually solve this problem, I don't think is as easy as we want to make it out to be, Uh, but it is nonetheless frustrating. And I don't know if some other guy comes into this situation, even if he's a better quarterback, the way everything's currently set up, I don't know if they're going to succeed. I do think if the defense gets healthy, there's a good chance for whoever to have a more competitive shot to win games because they should be closer. Like they looked earlier in the season and now that the defense is super banged up uh, up front, like every week it feels like if the offense isn't scoring a lot of points, nothing's going to work. And the offense never scores a lot of points. So um, I don't know. Yeah.
1: But I, I want to say one thing, and I think we probably got this wrong and a lot of other People got this wrong too, which was when they hired Vic Vic Fangio. The trend around the league was hire like a young offensive coordinator type, right. uh, especially with a young quarterback. And we knew we didn't know who the Broncos were going to draft, uh, but it was pretty clear that they were going to go after a quarterback of some kind. Um, after they, even after they signed Joe Flacco. Andrew Locke was, you know, rumored to be that guy and ended up being that guy. But while the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury, which was a really controversial move because he had just been fired as yeah. the head coach of Texas Tech and was about to become the offensive coordinator at USC. And all of a sudden he is uh, the head coach of an NFL team. That's like a, a crazy way uh, to advance in your career. Yeah. Uh, but it's working in, in year two. It took yeah. it yeah. took a lot. It took a lot of growing pains in year one. Uh, the Packers hire Matt LaFleur. And it, what's his record been since joining the Packers like uh, twenty and twenty pretty and five damn or good. something? Pretty something really damn good. good. Uh Zach Taylor, uh, you know, he had a really he got dealt a pretty tough hand last year. I think Jerry Jerry's still out on that one. Bengals have been better than the record, but he seems like he's a good fit with Joe Burrow and that offense. Um could be better. I don't know if we'll keep his job after a year or so. Um but the Broncos got a defensive minded coach, an older defensive minded coach, kind of zigging when everyone was zagging. Uh and I think maybe just the conventional logic at the time was probably the right wow. way to go. So yeah. So do you think in the off season, they should just cut their losses. Not that you know, Vic Fangio has uh, it'd be fair for him to lose his job, yeah, I don't because know because of the circumstances this year, but you it's not about fair what's fair or not, and we know that. Uh, but with a guy like say, like Joe Brady out of Carolina, uh, the offensive coordinator, coordinator there who was Joe Burroughs guy at LSU then moved up um, as the OC uh, with Teddy Bridgewater or Eric Bieniemy, who <laughs> now that I know that it will get the, give the Chiefs two third-round compensation picks, that's a little harder to swallow. But if he's a good head coach, then it's a good head coach. Uh, do you think – I don't think e- either of those guys are going to be available a year from now. Yeah. If you see that guy and you feel like you have a chance at him, should you should you just do that and see if they can salvage Drew Locke? Uh, because I don't think they're going to have a chance to get their guy in the draft. Yes. Yeah. I uh, mean – You get Trey Lance and Zach Wilson's there, maybe.
0: You know, if if you paid me John Elway's salary, I could easily make that decision for you.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, we're working on it.
0: Even with Dupin Trin's uh, contracture. Um, whew, if Eric Bieniemy was available, I would, I would make that move. And I'm not even somebody who is sold on the fact that Eric Bienemy is going to be great without Andy Reed.
1: Yeah. That's um, a good point. That's a really like, good point. And I think, I think about too.
0: what's Matt Nagy's offense doing now without he, he came from the chiefs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Eric B exactly took over right. for him. And then got an even better quarterback than Patrick Mahal. It's Andy Reid is the, the key there. But let's say Eric Bianini Bien- is as good uh, as people are advertising in terms of being an offensive play caller. The Broncos have the fucking tools for him to work with on offense uh, to compete with the Chiefs weapons wise. Maybe not a quarterback, but there are guys there like uh I'd put Jerry Judy up against Tyreek Hill right now in terms of what I think Judy's ceiling can be. You got KJ Hamler, speed there. You have no offense, you would get Cortland Sutton coming back. There's a lot for him to work with. Plus, he's got the Colorado ties. Like it's probably a good fit that way too. Um yep. but I guess I would have to know how Vic Fangio is viewed truly in the locker room by the players. If the players like Vic Fangio and it's like genuine, like they like playing for him. I think you, my move would be to fire Pat Shermer and bring in a college minded offensive coordinator to see, and that's assuming they keep Drew Locke to see if, finding somebody who is actually a better fit for him would remedy the situation. I think that's the direction I would go before blowing it all up with another head coach. Um, I think three years is a little more fair to a head coach. Uh, but yeah. you know, I would take Eric bien at this point. I feel like – and it, I guess the other thing there is the Broncos, with the, the Dolphins coming into town – It feels like they didn't even hire the right defensive-minded coach because Brian Flores was the (laughs) the defensive guy out of um, uh, New England. England. And I think, like, the, the, the real issue there is, like, Brian Flores and whoever the fuck's the GM with the Dolphins, like, they had a vision, and they were criticized heavily for what they were doing last year, but it looks like it's paying off.
1: Well, I don't let me think, ask you this.
0: I don't think Vic Fangio and John Elway together have a vision for the team. I think Vic Fangio's like, yeah, just give me a team to coach. And John Elway's like, okay, we'll make whatever roster moves. Like, I don't feel like there's a good harmony there in terms of what they need to do to build a team. That said, the Broncos had what we would all pretty much agree on, like a great draft two good drafts like it's not that there aren't pieces there and it's not there's it's just a weird season being yeah totally totally uh, compounded by really bad play last week against a team that we fucking hate which probably makes it worse (laughs) so it's it's tough because you're you can go to this is terrible we need to blow everything up to hey there's a lot of good guys here We just need to catch a couple breaks, and this team is competitive. But when your quarterback doesn't show you that he's getting better, that's what scares you.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how much the sentiment really rides on the quarterback play.
0: Yeah. Because after the
1: the Chargers game, things were uh, feeling pretty good. Yeah. And then take take a dip after the Falcons game. Now uh, they're at a low point, I think, since – It's, I don't like, know. I can't remember the last time people felt this despondent right now.
0: No, I think what I would need to do is like go back and I'll never do this, uh, so <laughs> I don't think I'm going to, but I'd need to go back and like rewatch a lot of how Josh Allen played in his first year. I think that would give me that. a better impression of how optimistic I should be about Drew Locke um, because Josh Allen wasn't good, but they saw flashes of what he could be and this season's been his best, and I, we've talked about it on here before, like, you're always going to kind of gamble with Josh Allen week to week, Uh, but he's shown that he can be pretty damn good consistently, and last week he was great in that Cardinals game, they just ended up losing, because Kyler Murray was just as good at the end of the game, and I think that was like the first time two game-winning touchdowns had been scored back-to-back in some number um but yeah it's like i just don't know what to compare drew lock to because he's a different type of player than trevor simeon uh you could tell right away paxton lynch didn't fucking have it um and then we got, you know, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco. You saw some Brandon Allen mixed in there, a little Brett Rippon mixed in, Jeff Driscoll. Like, we've seen too many different types of quarterbacks. Like, I just don't know what I'm looking at anymore. Like, I'm as confused as anybody about it.
1: Yeah, it feels like we need a hard reset where we play a season without a quarterback. <laughs> and just go full, Tim full wildcat with Philip Lindsay. Yeah. And just kind of get our – you know, bearings back. <laughs> yeah, get our head back on our shoulders uh, and then figure out what to do with the quarterback, uh, you know, two years from now. Honestly, yeah, no, you're yeah. totally right. You know what um, made the me think? Is... Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, do you, do you got a good point you're about to make?
1: It was a decent point. Yeah, go ahead, Not make great. it. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, even in that Raiders game, even amid all the bad interceptions and all the balls in the dirt and they're rolling out right until there's no green grass left (laughs) he had i just like watch him with a clean pocket and see him set his feet and throw that touchdown to Deshaun hamilton i was like god damn it he can be so good and it looks so effortless and clean at times and i just want it to be like that all the time um and it's that's what's gonna like because with so many other quarterbacks with paxton lynch you never got that play or those, like, quarters where, like, oh, this like this is why that guy was so highly touted. You're like, this guy – immediately, you're like, this guy doesn't fit. He looks like a gangly giraffe on the field who's not as fast as he was in college and throws the ball, like, at a downward angle uh, and has no idea what he's doing within the playbook. But you watch Drew Locke and you're like, yeah, if this happens more – if he can just kind of like harness yeah. this potential, he can be really great, and that's kind of what keeps you, kind of what keeps you addicted. Because if we saw like a, a zero or a, a four pick game out of most guys, um, the way the season's been going, be like no question, yeah, we want to we want to get off this ride. But at the same time, like you know, in in twenty twenty, fans especially are so you were prisoners of the moment and you have to remember like good quarterbacks have really bad games, especially when they're young. And they have really bad seasons when they're young too. And quarterbacks just got such a longer leash um earlier, uh, like years ago in the NFL. And I wonder how many quarterbacks we've missed on just because they got, you know, given up on too early. So oh, yeah, I go well, back and forth all the time. It's really, it just comes down to like, who's available in the off season. Yeah. (laughs) That's really all it is.
0: It's, it's weird too, because like, I think through the same amount of games, like Trevor Simeon has like outperformed what drew locks done statistically. Yeah. And, but like watching Trevor Simeon, he never really made throws like drew lock that you go, Oh, there's something really physically impressive there. Watching Trevor Simeon, I was like, he can play smart foot. He could be like fucking Derek Carr is right now. Basically is what I was kind of hoping you could get out of Trevor Simeon. You know, it's uh, 200 passing yards, one or two passing touchdowns, zero picks every week. That's what it looked like you might be able to build with a guy like that. Drew Locke looks like he should have that sort of (laughs) – Four touchdown, 380 yard sort of game week in and week out. And maybe you're going to get a game where it's uh, two touchdowns, two picks, and the picks were costly. You lose that week. But next week, kind of like Ben Roethlisberger after a bad game, you want to see him bounce back and just go out there firing. Like if he's going to be a gunslinger, he needs to, it needs to feel like he's going to own that through a whole game Mm -hmm. where it's feeling like, they're trying to get something going early and everything just doesn't work and you're getting into a deficit and then shit's starting to just snowball uh, all the bad stuff snowballing. So, I don't know. It's it's He hasn't played a full season worth of starts yet so our sample size is fucked up. This right. whole year is stupid. He didn't get an off season, but like they've had enough practice now where I don't think that's an excuse anymore in terms of him... Okay being able to know like he should feel like, Hey, it's week four or five of the NFL season. If they had like a regular off season and a preseason, but, um,
1: yeah. Anyway, that's, that's totally true. I think with Simeon and Derek Carr, because I think that's a fair analogy I I, obviously Derek Carr's better in a Yeah. I mean like that's what I was hoping
0: Simeon could be. Right.
1: Right. Um, no, but that's like a totally, I think, fair ceiling. Um, having watched him play at his best early in his career, I have the difference there is just the offensive line. Like imagine Trevor Simeon behind that 2016 Raiders offensive line, or even the offensive line this year with that running game, um, you know, because they go hand yeah. in hand. And instead, you know, Trevor Simeon looked like he was on a pretty good path for his career. Um you know who knows like is he ever going to be an all pro probably not but um he could have hung around for a really long time and and been a you know pretty good option at starting quarterback uh but he got placed behind a garbage garbage terrible offensive line um that didn't put him in good situations and was never ahead of the chains at the running yeah. game and that's something uh 2016 Derek Carr's best year and then this year, which you could also argue might be his best season, it's about the, the offensive line and the and the running game. Um, and it just puts him in such a good situation and such a good spot to succeed. And that's, that's like – it's organizational failure, I think. And there's bad luck, too, because Juwan James opts out. Um, on the other hand, like Garrett Bowles turns into a really good player. Right, uh, but so much of it is you know we we thought that just putting the weapons around him would have been good enough and then spending a draft pick say on a center in the third round uh, no, that's- and then signing Graham Glasgow it's like yeah okay this is gonna be fine but okay look at what the Cleveland Browns did in 2019 coming off of Baker Mayfield's rookie season like oh, it'll be great. We'll give him Kareem Hunt and Odell Beckham Jr. Like, how could this possibly fail? Oh, yeah. You give him a a really shitty play caller and Freddie Kitchens and no offensive line to speak of. And it feels like what they're doing in Denver to Drew Locke.
0: Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point there because if you're talking about, like, the organization making decisions, one decision that was incredibly stupid, in my opinion, was letting Matt Paradis go. So, uh, since he's gone, they have had two centers. And now Lloyd Cushenberry, maybe he turns out to be a very good center. We don't know. But he's definitely the weak point on the offensive line right now, which for a quarterback who you just need to step into his throws and set his feet, if the center of the line is blowing up more often than not, that becomes more difficult. So Matt Paradis right now, like in Carolina, he's still like a top 10 center in the NFL. Uh, He was great for the Broncos. You drafted him. I don't know why you spend a little extra money to keep a guy like that. Uh, They had uh, Connor McGovern behind him, right? Who Mm -hmm. wasn't as good of a center. They moved on. McGovern probably would have been a better guard if they just let him focus on that. But it's those type of decisions that kind of have that domino effect of how are we going to actually replace this really good center? Like why did we let that guy go? Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And to another point, like you look at the good offensive lines and the teams in front offices that are able to put together offensive lines. It's not just that they spend like a ton of capital on them because you can't just spend a first round pick or a top 40 pick on every position on the offensive line. Like you're neglecting the rest of your roster if you do that. You spend, like say the Colts, you spend a first round pick on tackle and you spend a first round pick on one of your guards. And you just, you kind of like are able to evaluate talent and the way that John Elway is able to find like a good undrafted running back or good undrafted cornerback. A, a team's able to find a really good uh, undrafted or late-round guard, center, whatever. And it feels like as good of, as they've been on the defensive side of the ball getting late-round guys who can produce, they have no idea how to evaluate offensive line talent when it's not just, like, glaringly obvious.
0: Yeah. And and even that, like, I guess, like, keeping the good talent when you got it. Um, yeah. I think – if uh, if they had to, like, make a head coaching change, I would want Vic Fangio to stay as defensive coordinator. I think that's I just what he's meant to, to do. I want to
1: his, like, locker room morale guy as kind of like the – I want him to be, like, the second-term Ronald Reagan, where he's, not, he's kind of, like, checked out, but he's, uh, you know, he's a good figurehead. Like, everybody yeah. likes him. The locker room likes him. Um, he's still pretty good with the press, but, like, we don't allow him to make decisions. <laughs> right. Because he's proven, like, one of his weaknesses as a head coach uh, is in-game decisions, and he's not very good at, like, <laughs> delegating or know, knowing when to listen to his assistants and when not to. Yeah. And on the second – like, on another hand, like, uh, the belief was that the offensive coordinator switch was his idea, too. Right. That's yeah. That's a big deal. Like that totally is going to change the trajectory of uh, his yeah. entire. No, he wasn't regime. a
0: huge. He was not a big fan of Skangi, That's for sure. Uh, yeah, because he's too old. He didn't have the patience to let him develop. Like that's
1: basically that's what it was. Point. Or like if you think about it, like being a coach in the NFL, you have to. Some of it's just like relationships. Oh, most of it's relationships. But you think about it: Is guys make wrong decisions football wise all the time? Because, oh, God. like, think about for anybody listening who works like a nine to five in an office or wherever, where you just like really don't like a coworker. because if you had the decision to like let them go, how much of it is based on whether or not you like them versus like the value they're providing at their job? When it comes down to it, like you're gonna. You're gonna sacrifice (laughs) uh, some something football wise for getting someone who you think is your guy. Coaching's professional coaching is like one of the most incestuous uh,
0: like jobs I can imagine.
1: Um, Think about it too, because like you're, how much (laughs) we hear about the coaches who like sleep under their desk and are in the facility 24 seven. It's like, uh, yeah, no wonder they're gonna put guys around them who they get along with. Yeah. Because you're stuck with these people. Yeah. You ba- you basically live with these people. Um, so that's how I think that's a reason. <laughs> Maybe like these head coaches shouldn't get to make those decisions. I don't know.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I think there's
1: something to that. Um, Unless they've like, to- I, mean, I don't know. Like Bill Belichick still fucks that stuff up. Yeah. Like, he-, he promoted his son to defensive coordinator uh, or like, de facto at least and that's been going pretty poorly <laughs> opt-outs aside yeah
0: i don't know i'm just uh ready for the next football season baby
1: <laughs> i'm ready for the like I, I can't wait for the playoffs too because you know we can just enjoy football without having to yeah drink our team playing and be like I can't watch these other teams because I have to watch my shitty football team suck again
0: yeah we got to figure out like a better way to we either just got to stop worrying about the Broncos for a recap episode because I didn't even really do one this week Um,
1: I don't think anyone wanted to uh, live through that game again
0: no it's just like yeah they're just they're at that area of bad where it's not even fun no. Like, if they, were, if they were at the Jets level, then I could be having some fun with it. But they, uh, they won too many games early, gave us a little too much hope, and there's too much talent. Like, there's too many guys there that you really care about that you want to see do well. Um, so, it's like I can't even root for them to be shitty. <laughs> uh, they did uh, – okay, so they brought Bosby back. Bosby had to clear COVID. He should be able to play now. They moved on from Devontae Harris, who they kept over Bosby. And OJ Mudia didn't even play last week. He got benched.
1: Yeah. I don't know about that benching. I think the Devontae Harris thing was uh, probably we'll long stay. overdue. Yeah. Well, yeah I I'm guess like here's correct. here's
0: my question there, okay? So you obviously think – O.J. uh is a better corner than Devontae Harris. Um, and you know, like, he's not perfect yet. Why take away a game's worth of reps to teach him a lesson when you're just putting yeah, in a, a worse... Like, O.J. Moody, like, at his... Worst, well, I guess the Steelers game was kind of bad, but since then, his bad games haven't been as bad as what we saw from Harris, so... What you did was you cost your team a fucking game, and you took away reps from the young player you do like. Like, I don't get that philosophy.
1: Yeah, and plus, like, his bad game was getting toasted by Julio Jones, which, <laughs> yeah. if you're a quarterback in the NFL and you haven't been beaten by or, like, made, been made silly by Julio Jones, please raise your hand. Yeah. I think some of it was, like, was due to tackling, too, but, you know – I don't think that's worth making a guy sit out a game. No.
0: It's, I guess it's kind yeah. Of to me. Maybe <laughs> you know you sense. take the opening series or two away from him so you know like so he knows that he has to be better and then it just seems like the trade off there wasn't worth losing those game reps. Exactly. You're not in a better position as a team now because he did that. No, not at all. You know more about yeah. Devontae Harris, I guess.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Well, that's the thing is, like, if they put Bosby back there instead of Harris, like, eh, they might win that game. Yeah, that's fair. That, if you... That you let McManus kick from fifty-eight, that game was close enough at the end. Yeah. Um. Where could be the difference between winning and losing? Yep. But who am I to second guess a game that happened two weeks ago?
0: Yeah, we're living in the past there. Uh, we are. Yeah. Well, there's wanna... no
1: features, so it's our only option.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you got anything you want to add before we leave, Will?
1: Uh, yeah, so shout out to Adam Rank for shouting oh, yeah. us out on NFL.com. Check it yeah. out. It's uh, He mentions uh, Brandon and basically this channel, so... Uh, essentially me too um <laughs> <Definitely> <laughs> on his stardom sit him for quarterbacks week 11 article on nfl.com slash or no it's actually fantasy.nfl.com so do that maybe maybe tweet at him say thank you we, yeah, we appreciate definitely that.
0: tweet at him and thank him
1: yep yep uh it's crazy the you know, the evolution of Adam Rank on this channel from public enemy number one Yeah. to, I don't like, you know, we've got our hierarchy of guests. He just, he, he bumped himself up a little bit, I think, out of, you know, the contestants here are, are Adam Rank, Jake Plummer, Dave Damoshek, Brandon McManus, Aqib Tlaib and Brant Tobler. there's no bad guess there.
0: No, uh, Adam Rank putting me in writing now
1: that in writing, that lasts That's forever. Name, baby. I'm in print.
0: I'm in print now. Yes, sir. All right, guys. We'll be back Friday or Saturday with the Broncos prediction episode. Not that you care. Good night.
1: And good luck.
0: Week ten of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week eleven and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, which is America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 11, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNV. Are. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. And don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple their winnings for any bet placed on UFC 255. DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use their promo code DNVR when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to be 21 years or older, Colorado only, bonus comprised of the first-time deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.